When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Paddy and myself have teamed up with Beer52, uh, Beer52.com, and uh, they've given us a little bit of an offer for you guys that when you first sign up to Beer52, um, you normally get, uh, for postage and packaging, for, for the price of five ninety five. you normally get eight cans of beer, um, just randomized cans of beer, and it's, uh, you, you know, they send them out to you. But if you use the code beer52.com forward slash love, as in L-O-V-E, um, they will actually give you 10 cans of beer as opposed to eight cans of beer. And um, by signing up as well each month, you know, you, you become a member and each month you're sent a case of beer, whether it be... Uh, themed beer from Czech Republic or wherever. You can select what types of beer you want, whether it be dark beers or light beers or mixed beers. So there's quite a lot that you can do on there as well. Subscriptions monthly come with um, magazines and with, with with snacks as well, if that's something that you're interested in. And, you know, the subscriptions don't have a time limit, so you can cancel them and pause them at any time. It's just something interesting, you know, if you guys wanted to stack up for Christmas or maybe just wanted to get some beers in for uh, for Steven Gerrard's first game against uh, against Brighton in a week's time. Um, I do have to let you guys know as well, though, that this is only available for uh, UK, mainland UK and people in Northern Ireland. Unfortunately, we can't even avail of it here in Ireland ourselves, which, um, look, hopefully it will change in the future. But for anybody who's UK based and Northern Irish based, beer52.com forward slash love. If you're interested in getting a few free beers, give us a shout, give them a shout and they'll be able to get you sorted. It is a subscription service. So do read any of the terms and conditions prior to uh, prior to signing up. But 10 beers for the price of $5.95 postage and packaging. If that's something you're interested in, uh, give it a shout and see what what what, what you think. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. Brighton preview. Start to the Stephen Gerrard era after hearing him in his uh, post match or pre match, should I say, um, press conference today, all dressed up in his suit. Looked like a little boy going back to school, I thought, today. Um, and hopefully he gets good grades this Saturday when he 
faces off against Brighton. Um, Paddy, what's the scale? Oh, the scale is all good. Uh, I'd like to start to uh, reach out to a few guys that spoke to me this week. They're, either their families are there struggling with COVID. So I know a few of them said they were sitting at home and they're they're going to be watching tonight. So uh, get well soon, everybody. And I hope uh, I hope everybody makes a full and pleasant recovery because it's a, it's a nasty old thing. And my father's just coming out the other side of it now himself. So thankfully, he was double jabbed and able to pull through it. So... Uh, we won't name you all for GDPR purposes, like just like the team. Yeah, so, uh, but uh, get well soon, everyone. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's becoming more prevalent. You're seeing it more and more, and and Twitter, even in places like that, people who follow the show. So, stay safe out there, everyone. And there was some mad statistic that one in six Irish people got COVID over the course of the last week. So, or sorry, that's irresponsible. One of six Irish people had showed COVID symptoms last week. So it's a uh, yeah, look, whatever it is, I hope no one falls victim of it anyway, and um, that everyone stays safe as we go into the winter months. But uh, we are obviously we've got Brighton, Brighton at home at the weekend. It seems like bloody forever since we've had a game, Paddy. And I think it's probably mentally it has been forever because it's realistically, if I if my if my memory serves me right, we haven't played since the twenty first of September. Um, I think that was the last time we played a game. Twenty fourth of September. It was the first last yeah, time we against won, Ju- against United. Yeah, that was the last time we showed up and played a game. Yeah, haven't showed mm-hmm. like it's, uh, five games. Five games after that, you know, Tottenham was uh, was wasn't great. You know, we we could have scraped something out of Tottenham. It would have been, you know, it would have been what would have been a bit of a smash and grab against Wolves. Yeah. We showed up actually for 70 minutes, so that's unfair. We showed up for 70, 80 minutes against Wolves. And then that that was a, just a, a deadening defeat, that 3-2 loss to Wolves. Obviously, the 3-1 to Arsenal, the first 20 minutes, we were blown out of it. Uh, West Ham, 4-1, two goals from outside the box. Red card, very difficult to come back then. And then Southampton was a pretty lackluster affair that we probably could have got a point out of on a different mm. day. But um, I suppose really line drawn underneath those five games. And we have uh, Brighton at the weekend. Obviously, new man in the dugout with a new new um a new team. We got a bit of a glimpse, Paddy, into his first training session on Monday, and we were going to come on yeah, after that after that to just, talk. Just about before it. just before but, you go on any further, just just in case I yeah. forget, Brighton haven't actually won a match since the twenty fourth of September either. So, despite the mm. fact that they're way up the top of the uh, way ahead of us, allegedly, I know that Potter the table is quite. Pardon, Potter out. <laughs> they did get a draw in there against. Uh, well, they got lots of draws, <laughs> but they, they 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 only lost a couple, as far as I remember. Um, so they haven't been on the best of runs either. Although they're very hard to beat, so there was a lot of draws in there, as I said. Yeah. So uh, something has to give, or else uh, it's going to be another draw for them. And uh, we we'd stop the rot and get a draw on Saturday. But uh, yeah, it's exciting times, as you said. We we did get an insight into his first training session, as intense as it was the other day. It was uh, it was nice to get just in behind the the doors for that few minutes. Mm. I thought it was. Uh, I, I will. We suppose we'll talk a small bit on that because um, it's been a whirlwind couple of days, even since Monday, even since like training staff and stuff like that has been announced properly announced. Uh, there was some some coaching staff announced, obviously, as Friday. Maybe Saturday, I can't remember what day it was. They all roll into one nowadays. And then on Monday, then there was announced that Neil Cutler, um, Danks, and Austin McPhee were going to be sticking around. 
and 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 staying at Villa Park. And you know, obviously, you have the there's there's quite a beefed up backroom squad there. Um, I have my own views on it, Paddy. But before tainting any of your views, what are your views on it, Paddy? What do you feel the 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 an inflated backroom staff can bring, either positive or negative? Um, I'm okay with it. I, I think everybody has their place. I think they're going to have a bit of a bit of hassle trying to find out where uh, Aaron Danks and Austin McPhee fit into it, given the size of what he's bringing in. But they have made a decision to keep the guys on. Um. The one I haven't mentioned is Neil Cutler. I think he's a vital cog in the machine, has been since since he arrived at the club. So I'm very happy to see him hanging around. Um, we still don't know. Um, I know I know people think that they can just slag off Austin McPhee. The fact that he's staying around would suggest that they see something in him, that Stephen Gerrard sees something in him, because I'm sure he would have made a decision to, to, to cut his losses there if that was the case. So... Uh, if you remember when he came in first, there was a bit of a hit. We did score some set-piece goals. We, we we did create some really good set-pieces, albeit it hasn't been great since. So he's there for his ideas. I know he was away working with the Scotland squad, so he hasn't actually sat down and, and uh, had a chat with Steven Gerrard at this stage. I'm, st- I'm sure, pretty sure, some of the Rangers players would have been talking to Steven Gerrard about, about uh, Austin McPhee. So he'll have a good idea what he's all about. Um, the one, the one we don't know where he fits in is Aaron Danks, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we'll find out in due course. Yeah, I, I think Aaron Danks. Um, some of you guys may have seen that I did a, a small podcast with uh, Josh um, from the Training Ground Guru, based on Mick Beal. and uh, Josh and 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 the guys there have also done a piece on Aaron Danks, and I'm actually going to try and get them back to to chat to us about Aaron, Aaron Danks because we spent quite a while talking about him. Um, after the podcast was over as well, um, he's another guy that's really really highly thought of. Obviously, highly thought of within the FA spec within the FA uh, at, at England. I think he was FA under 19 coach for for quite a while. Um, he went to Anderlecht to learn. Uh, to learn all about the Belgian game. Obviously, we've got a lot of people, specifically younger, uh, prodigious talents coming out of Belgium at the moment. Like the golden era, they say in Belgium is gone, but they still have another uh, conveyor belt coming through there. They've really built yeah. on, uh, on on what they've got going over there in the last 15 years as well. Went to Anderlecht, uh, some familiar faces there. Some Specifically, the reason we went there was because of some English-speaking coaches and Craig Bellamy and um, having uh, Vincent Company there. Went to Anderlecht and, and I was come back to the Premier League as well. So um, I think it would have been throwing the baby out with bat water if you were to if you were to get rid of Danks because we like they obviously saw something in him at the club. Um, he's well respected. I'm sure the other coaches know him as well, and and, and let's see what he brings to brings to the table as well. But for me, the inflated backroom staff. And to be honest with you, I don't care whether we've got three people in the dugout or whether we've got thirty three people in the dugout. It doesn't bother me. But I'm all for specialization. Um, I don't buy into there's too many voices uh, in too many voices in the dressing room, too many voices in the training room. You can't have too much yeah. advice. Well, there there won't be too many voices in the dressing room. In fairness, all the work will yeah. be done beforehand. The only voices they, they'll hear in the dressing room—that's it. You would you would imagine is the players, the manager, the assistant manager. Everybody else will, will keep stum and probably won't be in the dressing room on match day anyway. So I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry about too many voices, and that's what people are saying all week. And I just don't get it. There's no, there's no point Either when we don't way. know what everyone's doing just yet, and that'll all become apparent in the next few days, I'd imagine. Yeah, <clears> absolutely. <throat> and, and that's that's true. Like, but 
And you look at some of the bigger t- bigger teams, like uh, when you look at Man City, Pep is a massive backroom squad. You know, you, specialization yeah. is just part of professionalism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's nothing wrong with having eight, nine, ten people having oversight on, on on the field. We're not saying that they have input, but they have oversight. So what I mean by that is the fact that if you can, obviously, we're going to have sports scientists and things like that. And people are looking at that more because Gerard came down and and the guys in Rangers um, and a lot of Rangers fans we spoke to, they made a big deal out of the fact that John Milsom and, and and Scott Mason were massively part of decision making with Stephen Gerrard mm-hmm. and hey that's new age management where you take data into it I'm sure that like like Big Sam brought data into the into the Premier League and I know people I know we have jokes about Big Sam here <laughs> from time to time yeah. as well but he had a huge coaching staff if you take them into account as well you know and people yeah. would consider him a dinosaur of the game and um, wh- what I'm trying to get at here is that you know with Advancements with um with new age ideas and stuff like that, new regimes. You're go- you're going to have changes, and and and, and I, I I personally like this. I like specialization. I like the fact that there's going to be lots of uh, um lots of advice on the field, and 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 uh, and as I said, the biggest thing for me is there's more eyes and there's more oversight to see who who's doing what things right, and then um all that can be fed up towards the 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 brain trust then as they make their decisions then on match day because there will be people there that won't be making match day decisions as such they will be there for training ground yeah. uh, pieces and they will be there for um for for the insight from monday to friday and then saturday yeah. will be the the, the that that'll be that'll be where the lord mayor takes out his yeah. his, his pocketbook and and, and if you go back and look at the, if you go go back and look at the social media from three four months ago There'll be guys wandering around that training pitch that you will look at and go, who the hell is that? They're just unheard of. They're they're in the background. Unfortunately, now the the era of social media, you you, you find out very quickly who everybody is. But uh that team was kept very tight within Body More Heat. We don't know who's gone. We we know those big names are still there because they've been named. We know Craig Shakespeare is gone. But you mentioned Sam Allardyce there. Uh, just a quick story. When I when I was started off doing my coaching badges, I, I did the first one at Bolton's training ground, and everyone in the room sniggered when they saw the amount of people uh, Sam Allardyce had in his backroom team. He brought them all individually, introduced them, and everyone was sniggering in the room. And he was just way ahead of of everybody else. That's he had he had sports scientists he, he had a psychologist he, he had somebody for everything and uh everyone was i was fascinated a lot a lot of people were sniggering around the room and there were some big names in the room so uh it was uh it was a funny one but uh it just goes to show that the big sam was was ahead of the curve there big sam copied uh arson vigor that's basically what they did. He went, you know, oh, this guy's coming over. He's after banning ketchup. I need to do something crazy like that as well. And he more or less said <laughs> that. And there's a great interview series that he did, and I can't remember what it was. It was in podcasts, and I took an interest in it because his first break came at. Uh, I'm from a place called Lim- I live in Galway here in Ireland from a place called Limerick and I saw there was a comment there about is it safe for an Englishman to go to Limerick it absolutely is um, <laughs> it's probably one of the safest places you could go to in Ireland uh, but uh, Big Sam came over to Limerick and it was actually a priest uh, in Limerick that uh, convinced him to come over and told him that they Father had this Joe big Young. stadium Father Joe Young yeah still mm-hmm. he's still uh Still around the place, but uh, he convinced them they had this big stadium and uh, met him at met him at Shannon Airport, and took him for a drive in through the city and took him to Tormund Park 
And Big Sam goes, oh, my God, that's a huge stadium. I didn't think you'd have that. And he goes, oh, no, 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 that's where Munster Rugby play. We've got this place over here. And then he took them to Jackman Park, which at the time was uh, – was it Jackman Park? Was it the Markets Field? It's probably the Markets Field. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't exactly, as I say, uh, the, the the big arena that Thorman Park was at the time. But um, fantastic. Fa- it was, that was a fascinating piece and a fascinating story. And, and a lot of the stuff was actually um, – Allardyce's words himself, so so it was interesting. Mm. But anyway, we've gone completely off topic there. We were talking about Stephen Gerrard. We got into Allardyce, <laughs> and I got all dewy eyed about my about my hometown that I'm in exile from at the moment. So don't do that to me in future. He's had me crying <laughs> on the podcast. Anyway, back to Stephen Gerrard and back to Brighton at the weekend. And let's let, let's look at some of the comments first, Paddy, before we actually go into guts and glory about what we want to see from the team here. But yeah. um, Paul Miller first up here has uh, starting to get a bit excited about Saturday. Now, you and me both, Paul. You and me both. Everybody is. Uh, Everybody is. Exactly. Yeah. Tom, good to see you, man. Me too. think you'll get my seat in the hall a bit earlier on Saturday. Um, yeah, I think there'll be a lot of people that will going in looking, trying to see warm up, see if they can get, if they can, uh, if they can maybe there for the team announcements, stuff like that, because uh, the people are going to be hanging on everything that happens, every news bulletin that comes out of Villa mm-hmm. Park um, in the run up to it. And we're going to have a massive team sheet tantrum on Saturday, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but uh, any news bulletins and stuff like that, they'll be coming up, people will be hanging on it, hanging on every word to see what a team and what kind of formation and pick holes in it and, and, and rejoice. In the, in, in the team sheet so I'm looking forward to it as well um, uh, Junior says just want McGinn to put in a performance like the other night he was on fire I, I didn't see it but everyone everyone I spoke to to a man or a woman said that McGinn was absolutely fantastic for for Scotland the other night and uh, I, I can imagine that a good midfield performance like that won't go amiss on Gary Mack or uh, considering Gary Mack yeah. is probably watching it in his TV or Stephen Gerrard I would imagine I would imagine I'd say they were both watching um, he, he's going to have an inter- he's going to have an interesting job on Saturday because by the looks of it, we don't have Luis or Nakamba, so uh, the, the the team sheet will be a bit of a tantrum, I'd imagine, on Saturday when we see what's going to be put out there. I, I actually have no idea about Luis. I've no the only reason that I'm speculating. I'm having uh, see sometimes they're turning to a thirteen year old boy, and I'm uh, just just <laughs> going by some of the photos that went around about about Douglas Luis recently. I'm going, oh, did he have an injury? How did he injure himself? Um, what, what's the crack with Douglas Luis? Well, he was injured before. He was injured before the uh, the break, if you remember. Oh yes, he, he was. He was. He, he, was, he was, didn't. Was, he didn't travel at all. So. Uh, it's it's going to be um it's going to be an interesting one to see how he lines up that midfield. I would imagine it's McGinn and Ramsey and a another, but who who that other is is it Sanson possibly, uh, depending on what he does in training this week. And as we saw, Tim Irabumum, yeah, young Tim, as as young Tim, young Tim, young Tim was right in the middle of things in training the other day. So I'm wondering, is he in the plans to be to be brought in to do that job? But we'll see. He's if it, like as the saying goes, uh, as the saying goes uh, back home, if you're old enough, you're good enough. No, if you're good enough, Absolutely. you're old enough. That's uh, gonna be the opposite. Way around. <laughs> yeah, and that brings me nicely onto my next comment. Hope you're sleeping well with the new bar baby. There was just proof that I think I'm sleeping well, but I obviously <laughs> am not. Considering I butchered that, I completely utter butchered, utterly butchered that um, that that old saying. Um, Neil. My namesake is heading over to the game on Saturday. First time in Villa Park in a long time. Can't wait. It should be brilliant atmosphere. Neil Callahan, fair play to you. You couldn't have picked a better game to go over for. Enjoy it, Neil. It's going to be red hot over there, I would imagine. Um, 
because, uh, as I say, not not only is just because there's been two weeks out, but um, you know, obviously, new manager bounce and stuff like that. We'll be hoping for that on Saturday as well. Um, this is an interesting one from Paul Miller. McGinn started the last few games in the right wing for Scotland, expecting to be pushed forward. Um, uh, when we get on to talk about what, what way the team is going to set up and, and, and injuries withstanding, and we will probably talk about it based on whoever will be fit and so on, or whoever you know, when we have all our players fit, yeah. but um, there's going to be some melee for like you could probably pick the back four. Probably pick the goalkeeper, and then it's literally going to be melee the whole way up. I think after that, because uh, there is uh, there's lots of players for for only only six places, and that's going to be going to be really 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 interesting. Um, Sharik says our midfield is going to be overwhelmed by Basuma, Trasar, and Lalana, especially with the players missing. I agree with Basuma. I don't think Trasad is that type of player. He's a bit of a carrier, all right. I can understand why you were mentioning mm. a carrier like like a Bowen type. Um, you know, he's fast, he's tricky. And Lelana, I, I I I never really ever saw it with Lelana. I know that he's what probably about thirty four. <laughs> um, I'm I'm saying now, and I'm now that I'm saying that, watching curl one in from outside the box now in the twenty second minute and fucking absolutely make an idiot of me. But um I will be more like it's Sally March that really kind of kills me more whenever I see him playing for Brighton because he always seems to have a good game against Villa uh, whenever he plays, whether he's at right back, left back, midfield, wherever they play him, he normally has a good game. But um they do have a lot of industry there in midfield. It would be interesting, but uh, we'll get on to how I think our, our, our midfield or how I want our midfield set up in a moment uh, but that is an interesting one as well about Basuma, Trossard and Lalana if they are the ones that play um, another another correct point here from, from Paul Miller as well one that we've forgotten about so Jason Steele is uh, going to be in goals uh, because Brighton's first choice goalkeeper is out and he is key to their yes. build up there Spanish Bob so we do mm-hmm. need to, to press them specifically get in on top of Duffy Shane Duffy, the Messi of the skies, do not let him get a run at you at corners because he's lethal in the air, as us Irish fans know. Obviously, Lewis Dunk was tipping in and around the English panel as well, so he's going to be in there too. But if we can get at them while they have the ball at their feet in defence, um, and, and I'll be hoping that our strikers will be able to do that um, and press high, I would imagine Stephen Gerrard would want none, nothing less than that. As well. They're also uh, they're also potentially minus Dan Bourne as well as carrying a knock. He's doubtful, so hopefully that's the case because always seems to have a decent game against us as well. It's because like whenever usually whenever we play against them, they always have the tallest back four with Veltman at right back, Duncan Duffy, and then Dan Bourne, who's about nineteen foot tall, playing at left back as well. It's uh, <laughs> it's always hilarious to see him. He's most like. He's the epitome of he's got great feet for a big man, you know, like he just really is because he's absolutely huge. Um, mm. He's he's uh, his Dan Byrne. Um, but yeah, they are missing people as well. And as you said, they're not in the most fortuitous of runs either as well, which is which is important. Macadamia agrees with you, Paddy, the Dougie out. Fancy uh, young Tim uh, getting a debut as number six. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the bench, provided that injuries withstanding, if Sanson is back, I would imagine somebody like Sanson would st- would start. Yeah. I could imagine Carney maybe getting a look in there as well if he's in and around the panel. Um, but uh, we have midfield reinforcements, whether they are fit enough or up to the task just yet after one week of training of Jared's system, will be really interesting to see who he plays in there. Maybe we see Axel doing Debbie in there. He did pull him aside at training. Everybody saw that clip. Maybe that's something that they showed. 
Um, I read this one, Neil. Now it's stuck in my head, and I can't get it out of my head. Oh no! <laughs> Yeah, that's that's we might as well end the podcast because I will start breaking out that in a moment again. Do you know what? That's, that's, um, that, that's going to lead us into song now if, if he is starting on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. You've written that one, Macadamia. Uh, British Wick <laughs> says that Jared doesn't hear that a great team of players. Dino's a nice guy, too nice, and these players took advantage. Stephen Gay ha- is the, uh, Stephen Gay, Jesus Christ. <sighs> No, back in the room. Steven Gerrard hasn't got Pep. He's just got to take no crap and he ain't no mug up the villa. Um, yeah, uh, he hasn't heard of a good bunch of players. I, I, I do think Dean is a nice guy and, and I think that there is a bit of a narrative out there and I think it's probably just looking back in hindsight and, and some of the things that Steven Gerrard said about mm-hmm. um, I've heard a couple of people now reference the fact that Dean Smith said like last year that training was going to be at 12 o'clock or 2 o'clock during the day because people were staying up later at night. It didn't really affect some performances last year but in hindsight it probably does look a bit um you know, you know, a bit, a, a bit too I, nice, I suppose. I heard, I heard, I heard a lot of people sniggering about that as well. But that's that's the way it's done all over the world. Just England is that little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, it, that it's normally ten or half ten because of traffic. But if, if you if you go onto the continent, nobody starts training. Albeit people eat their main meal on the continent at ten o'clock at night. So uh, training later in the day is even better. But you know. The, the whole idea of training at 12 o'clock is to give some similarity to the time of day that you're you're playing at. And and that's why it would have been moved, not not just because the players wanted to play games till two or three in the morning. That That's not the reason. It can't be the reason. I know it was Maybe joked so. about it in one of the pressers. It was definitely yeah. joked about, but that's not the reason for sure. Yeah. Um uh, to so uh, Scotland manager Steve Clark was quoted as saying, The one thing that you know is Sturdy Ireland is if you play McGlynn McGinn in the slightly more advanced role, it gets you up the pitch, your links play better. That's a really, really interesting one, and, and I, I suppose it really brings me on to what, what I want to see from this team, and, and, and kind of it's a nice segue into what, uh, what I think we will see differently within this team um one of the big things that i've had an issue with uh specifically this year is our spacing in midfield has been absolutely diabolical at times it's been all over the place spacing between our midfielders it's 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 almost like 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 realistically in midfield you need to play zones you kind of do need to play zones obviously you're going to be man marking you're going to be marking certain people and stuff like that you're spacing between between you and the half space and between you and the central midfielder and specifically between you when you're moving back in unison as as a as a unit towards the defense as well you know you have to be aware of 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 how far up the field you are and how far you are away from your your, your central defenders and from your fullbacks as well should you need to get back into shape again and i just think it's been poor you go back to oh i think we lost patty um you go back to the uh, the first game that we played against uh, against Watford and it was it was really bad uh, it was really really bad and I highlighted it and I probably went in too hard too hard on the camera at the time but um, that's one thing I really want to see and what you mentioned there about McGinn being maybe further up the field is going to be super interesting here to um, to, to understand I suppose uh, when we do look uh, towards the uh, t- towards the lineup. Um, I think in on 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 Saturday. So uh, where we do play him again, and it will be uh, very very interesting to see where he is played um, uh, on Saturday. And I think he will be the the keystone to to figuring out where this uh, where this formation goes. Paddy's back. 
Um, we've got a couple of more there as well. Fred Red, thank you so much. Fred Red thinks that we're going to go with a 4-3-3 with Watkins left wing, Ings in the middle, Bailey right wing, McGinn in the number 10 row, but Ramsey and Kearney also in midfield. Um, I could see that. I could see that. I, um, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again about Kearney, and this is not a criticism. You just can't. <laughs> You can't make somebody fast if he isn't fast. And I, I think that Kearney will move back towards a six role, a six position, uh, or an eight. I, I don't think we're going to see him into see him in a 10 position. Um, I could be I could be a million percent wrong. He's only played fleetingly for the senior team. But I think the further up the up the levels he goes, I think he'll move back into more of a defensive midfielder. I just think he's missing that tiniest, tiniest little bit of pace. Um, but could he play in the sixth position? I absolutely think he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ramsey and Kearney, two sixes with McGinn a bit a bit further forward. That would be a bit inexperienced in there in the in the sixes, but um if they do if they if they do what they're told, like like what I mean by that, I don't mean it like like children, but if they if they keep their spacing right and sometimes putting players in like that works um uh, work, works better than 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 not. And and I'll give you an example for that that um well, the club that I I, I used to I, I used to play with back home was a club called Ballingarry AFC, and we had uh, um, a young guy go over to Wolves, and Mick McCarthy gave him his name was Anthony Ford, and he's playing with uh, with Oxford at the moment, and uh, Mick McCarthy gave him his first break. Um, in the Premier League, and he played. I think he started him against against uh, Chelsea, and at the time Chelsea were all conquering. This would have been in two thousand and well, it'll be ten years ago, so about two thousand and eleven, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, and uh, he played him right wing. And afterwards, in the interview, McCarthy said he was a young kid that I knew if he told him what to do, he would be as disciplined as all hell and he wouldn't be worried about getting the ball and bombing on forward. What he would do is he would keep his defensive position, he would keep his position. And, uh, you know, sometimes things like that work. I think they got a result out of it as well. I think they might have got a draw out of it. Um, but uh, he would start him in the in, in, in games against Chelsea, Arsenal, United, big games like that because he was disciplined in what he did. What he did. So it didn't matter what age he was. Um, is what I'm trying to get at there. So, so maybe we could have Ramsey and Kearney in midfield there, based on on what yeah. what, what Stephen Gerrard wants wants them to do. Absolutely, yeah. And thank you so much for that, uh, Fred Red. Really, really appreciate it. Um, appreciate it there as well. And this is Miles Morris comes in as well, saying McGinn didn't play midfield for Scotland. He played his inverted forward on the right, and that's the other thing I want to talk about. <laughs> An absolute ton of players who could play in that. Two tens inverted forward, inverted wingers, um, type inside uh, forward, whatever you want to call it. Inside forward, yeah, yeah. We have tons, and do I? I wouldn't be surprised to see Ali Watkins in the bench at the week. At the weekend. Oh, well, Danny Ings is still carrying an injury apparently, so we don't know that. So he, he was training I'm on sure. Monday, though. I saw him. He was definitely in that training video on Monday, but. Uh, mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Be interesting to see, and I'm not like this isn't me. Say anything bad about Ali Watkins? I just, I just think, look, if you were to, if you were to pick players that, that that were to play in that position, maybe we don't see, maybe we don't see Leon Bailey in that. It started the weekend, and you know, it's uh, maybe it's not the, maybe he needs more time on the training field to be more disciplined in that position yeah. because he will only have had a couple of days coming back from playing yeah. with Jamaica. So it's really going to be. <coughs> It's going to be absolutely kind of fascinating to see who plays. And uh, if we did have all our midfielders, maybe we maybe we did see McGinn push forward into one of those false 10 roles or those, mm. uh, those, those inverted winger and roles, you, should I say. You've got to bear in mind that he hasn't had a whole pile of time to, to convert the players mm. into this system. We may not see that system straight away. 
this might take this might be a slow burner. He might he might just go an old fashioned four four two, just just to steady the ship this weekend. So uh, I think we just got to be patient with him until a, we get that together. I don't think there's a hope in hell he plays four four two this weekend. Well, probably if you know what I mean. I'm just I'm I just do. playing devil's yeah. advocate. You know that it could be it could be a four two three one. You know, it, it, there's loads of things he can do. But uh, I, I don't envisage you're going to see him reinventing the wheel with those players in a few days. Paddy, i got to whisper it. Imagine if he played three at the back. <sighs> don't, 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 tell, yeah. don't, don't tell people listen to the podcast. Don't say three at the back. People go mad. Don't say it. Uh, um, next next um, piece that we have here is, and he won't play three at the back as well. I'm only joking as well. That's why he absolutely joking. Um, it, I, I would be blown away if that happened too. But uh, I think Owen Bradley says here that uh, he thinks he'd go with three in midfield and two and Zabi could play defensive midfield. I, I, that's I said that's a very valid point because if you remember after the video the other day, I messaged you and went, two and Zabi yeah. is very in the middle of this. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I read into these things an awful lot, and I know I probably shouldn't, but and Zabi was very active in the training session that we saw. Aye, he was, and Jared took him aside and was talking to him, and, and it was, no, I know it was just carefully edited video and stuff like that because mm-hmm. it was a one-on-one interaction manager to manager to player. But, you know, with the dirt of injuries that we do have at the moment, uh, it's probably it's, it's potentially something that we could see. We could definitely could see, for sure. Uh, and you know what? I was talking about spacing. Maybe we do go with maybe we I, I, and you you talked about a four four two. And um, maybe we do go to, do go with the let's start again with my English. Maybe we do go with maybe uh, you know um, those inverted wingers, but it does turn into kind of a four four two when we're attacking, and it's more of a diamond maybe uh, a diamond situation where we have uh, Twins AB more at the anchor point of the diamond and we've maybe begin mm. for the forward and we've two younger legs that are fit that can get around the field in Ramsey and Kearney then in the in the middle and then maybe you've got someone like Bailey who's given uh, a role to bomb forward onto maybe an Ollie Watkins or uh, or um, a, or, or a, a Danny Ings if he's fit or maybe you've got Sanson inside there with Ramsey actually that wouldn't be a bad idea to have that diamond a Sanson-Ramsey kind of combination to and Zabi Playing more at the anchor point, and then um, and then um, again maybe at the top of the top of the diamond as well. That might be something that might be interesting as well, and it would allow him to still stay stay relatively within the same kind of structure of the two inverted tens uh, or the two tens inside yeah. there as well, while uh, while not breaking too much from it. And um, it, look, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. It really, really will be, and there's tons that he can do. Um, absolutely tons uh, that he can do there as well. Um. He did tell people today to, to, to wait and see. He wasn't going to give too much away in advance of, of getting his team in there. Um, and, 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 and as you know, that's what I like. I prefer it to be uh, a team sheet tantrum than, than knowing exactly what team is going to go out there or what way they're going to play, especially with a new a new manager in and a new system. So we'll just have to suck it and see at the weekend, I think. Paddy, what happens if we lose 3-0? Fine. Absolutely fine. We won't, be, won't be happy about it. Won't be happy about it. Yeah. But you know, if you look at the table, they, you probably say that the Brighton should beat us. That's what everybody's thinking. So uh, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, would I like to lose three 0 Absolutely not. Do I think we lose three 0 Absolutely not either. I think there'll be goals for both teams at the weekend, but I, I don't envisage that we're going to get a spanking. 
Um, someone I in the comments there mentioned about the defence that he did. He specifically yeah, said he today that specifically. He, he won't be shipping goals. That 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 was his first thing was to sort out the defence. Maybe that's why he was talking to two and Zabi. We'll find out on Saturday. And, and, and that's that's interesting. Yeah, that, like he when he said it in the interview today, I thought it was one of the only times that the lip kind of curled and he kind of looked a small bit ratty when he was talking about mm. the defence today. Um, and he mentioned like a shot creation was up there. I think it was eight best in the league, which to me was mind blowing because I haven't seen that based on now. No, I specifically haven't looked at the statistics, but based on what my eyes tell me from watching games, um, you know our XG is low and stuff like that. It's well, it's not as high as it could be. Um, yeah. but our, our, our shot creation, he said, was something like eighth in the league, or maybe it was maybe it was our goal scored or something like that. I might have picked him up incorrectly, but he, our goals conceded was eighteenth in the league, and that does make a difference. Obviously, look, it doesn't take a genius to um. To, to figure that out that we're shipping goals we've shipped what 13 we shipped 12 or 13 in three games and uh, and that doesn't fly um that doesn't fly at all but i think if we lose three nil um i'm surprised i think if we're down three nil with 10 minutes to go he might bring himself on um to kick a few people of his own players up in the air and, and gary uh, mack and gary mack as well yeah i know better men as well um fred red thanks very much again uh for for the super chat uh, Jared said the starting left back would be decided via 100 meter plate of sack race. By the way, Target and Young, <laughs> between Target and Young, innovative. <laughs> I, do you know what? I, I might, go, I might, uh, I might go on on some unnamed betting sites and see if they could give odds and who would win that, um, because that would be an interesting one. But uh, uh, it, look, I think, I think specifically with, with, with regards to the left back position, um, it will be interesting. He mentioned Ashley Young, and a lot of the comments and a lot of the the commentary, should I say, on his appointment, um, are talking about the fact that obviously he knows Ashley Young from playing in the England squad, and yeah. he's going to rely on him to be a leader within the team and to get his message across. And, and Dean Smith brought Ashley Young in to do that as well. So maybe we see Ashley Young start at left back. Well, I, th I think it was. Uh, I don't know if I like it, but I think it was maybe Greg Evans. I heard saying that Ashley Young could play in one of the inverted tens, or the inside, inside left or inside right, whatever it is, whatever way you want to call it. Um, which which will be interesting as well. Um, to see where he has earmarked People for him. Blog gasket if that happens. I think they would, <laughs> considering the talent we have. <laughs> gasket. <laughs> no, like. It's like 60, 70 million on the bench. And and I'm yeah. not look, it could be a it could be a masterstroke. It could absolutely be a masterstroke. <laughs> but Dean Smith brought him on central brought him on left side of a midfield. And um it, it, like ah, I, I I I don't know. I don't know. It could happen. Look, and I'm not gonna sit here and say it's the wrong decision. It could be a masterstroke because he could be playing a completely different position and given a completely different role to do. Um I'd actually do you know what I'd nearly prefer to see him in there than see him at left back because I just think he's too. I just don't think he has that. That, that I think think he's kind of lost a bit to be able to play in defence. Mm. And uh, I think I think it's just a small bit too fast for him. Um. So I certainly don't want to ever see him on the right side. And I've been very very steadfast <laughs> in that since the day he came in. But uh, yeah. um. Yeah. Look, it'll be interesting to see where he does line up under under Gerard. And and but as I say, he is a um. He's a wild card, I think, for selection, I think, at the weekend. He really is, um, based on what people said. Um, I had a question there for you, Paddy. So, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, I did. The, the question I had was, um, so, 
like I think or, or do you think that Steven Gerrard is going to go out gung-ho to win this game at the weekend or do you think he's pragmatic to know that he has he will have only had the majority of his what I'm going to term his quote-unquote big names his internationals for a couple of days do you think he's going to play it play it uh, play it safe at the weekend and the reason I asked that is because I saw what to me was an absolutely mind-blowing stat that the last Aston Villa manager to win their first Premier League game was John Gregory Paddy was John Gregory in 1997. I was at the match. Stan Collie Moore scored two against Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give me age away again, Neil. Um, I expect him to be I expect him to be a little bit reserved. Uh I'm not expecting gung ho, but I do expect some kind of attacking football for sure. But hmm. I th- I think the defense will sit a little bit deeper than usual and It'll it'll be kept as tight as possible. That that is a lot down to the midfield as well. Whoever he has at his disposal, um, maybe Luis and Nakamba aren't too bad. We we don't know that, so we'll just have to wait and see at the weekend. Um, yeah, and and it will be interesting to see who comes in. Like, um, be interesting as well if Bertrand Troy rocks up and he's fully fit to play. Considering the <laughs> the nights since he's had to put up with Burkina Faso and in fact his teammates were calling him out. Mindlessly calling him out and stuff like that, and then, um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 been it's been a weird couple of weeks in in, in African football when you see some of the things um, that, that went on in other in other nations as well. But it's uh, you know, hopefully uh, he does get fit soon as well because I think he could definitely play in one of those inverted te- those in, inverted winger positions too, um, and and give us something. Rick Leong. Well, thanks a million for tuning in, Rick. Rick's more concerned about the mentality the lads will bring to the game versus the formation. Can they get back to believing they can get a result? Um, Rick, the Scouse accent can do wonderful things to people. It can do wonderful things to people. So I'm hoping that the, that the aggression in Stevie in Stevie Gerrard's um, voice will be able to, to light a fire. And, and look, you see Ashley Priest, you see Greg Evans, you see a couple of more people saying that... Uh, saying that this, uh, the training has been different, it's been vibrant, it's been fun um, over the last week. And that's not to say it wasn't fun under Dean Smith. And you always hear these come out under new managers, and that's where you get the new manager bounce from. Um, but I think this... Um, I, I think that sometimes a different voice can can bring a pep to people's step as well. So I, I, I'm mm. not quite sure that the mentality piece would be... Uh, it could be, it, it, it could be, and there could be people out there that, that, that might need to, to pick themselves up off the floor, you know, to, to yeah. get themselves over, still get themselves over the Wolves game. But I think having a new voice in the dressing room and, and having a focus point to kind of want to impress somebody new will, will, um, will, and plus, will I think, the, I, think the word, I think the word will rather be passion as opposed to aggression from, from the, from the, the management team. Um, you know, they need cool heads out there as well. And, you know, if you, if you judge, while Gerard was very measured on the line, because I saw a good bit of him at Rangers, um, you know, and he was very measured when he played football as well. You, you never saw him steaming in two footers and snapping fellas in two. He did do it once or twice, but very rarely <laughs> you see a bad challenge from Steven Gerrard. So um, it was a good, honest, you know, he was one of the, he was one of the best, one of the best footballers the Premier League has seen, and he just led with passion all throughout his career. The minute he got that armband, he was just passionate. So I don't see the aggression side of it. Maybe that'll come from the Scottish voice in the dressing room of uh, Gary Mack. 
who we have seen uh, lose the cool from time to time, even when he was at Villa. So, um, you know, I'm hoping it's passion as opposed to aggression. Jeez, if, if Gerard could teach some of our midfielders how to do that, that brilliant saving sliding tackle from 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 a lost cause position. He was brilliant at it. He was a right. really good tackler of the ball. Mm. He was a really good passer of the ball. Obviously, everyone knows him for his passing. But God, yeah. he was a good tackler as well. And uh, just a complete midfielder. And and, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully and that instant. Like a lot of, a lot of people only... talk about... Sorry, go on. You'd have to think this is only going to benefit the likes of Kenny Chukmaweka, Aaron Ramsey, John McGinn, those type of players. It, it, you know, to have to have that influence of a player of that quality on, on your sideline who's, who's done that year in, year out, a born winner. I know he didn't win a Premier League or anything like that, but he was just always focused. You know, you never saw messing in Steven Gerrard in his whole time in his, in his mm. career. There was no messing. It was always down to business. The minute he stepped over that wide line, he, he, he had, he, he had you know, his eyes were focused on the prize and that's the way he played the game. So I would imagine that's going to be the way he inst- he sets out his team to play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Paddy, Rio Connor asks, which high-profile player loses out under Gerard and which player thrives? Well, I mentioned who thrives. I think, I think, I think the likes of Carney, if you know, if 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 his if his head is in the right place, could earn an awful lot from uh, from Stephen Gerrard, as could Aaron Ramsey. The one that loses out is a harder one. Um, I think, I think, if I if I have to pick one, and, it, and it's a difficult thing to do, I I think the one that might be replaced in January would be Matt Target. Um, on, on le- I think he's got six weeks to sort himself out or he will need to be replaced. That's just my thinking on it. I don't think there's any other high profile that might lose out. Maybe Ollie Watkins, because I think he'll have a lot of trust in Danny Ings, knowing him through the years. And I, I think he would have... Would he have played with him at Liverpool? Uh, no, but he was at the no, coaching squad. He, he said, he, yeah, he, he, said would, that he was. He would see him around Melwood and would, would yeah, talk to him he would when been. he was coaching yeah. there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ollie Watkins and, and Matt Target would be the ones that I, I would say that would be in danger of missing out um, people who have held down a, a position like that for forever. You know, they're, they're the first two names on the on the team sheet nearly until this season. So it'll be an interesting one. I think the venerable and the exalted and the great and the friend of show and my man, I think Courtney House loses out big time. Um, you think? I think I do. I do. I th- I think he loses out because when you look at Philip Hollander and Goldston, they they played for Rangers and they were the t- they were the back two. And even when he brought in Balogun um to play as well this season, you know they're mm. all a bit better on the ground with the ball. Uh, and as we know, like look, literally, I as I say, I stamped the tickets for the Courtney House train. Um, I'm. Uh, even I can admit that, that that at times, you know, playing the ball on the ground isn't exactly his his best suit. Now, saying this, guys, I said it jokingly. At the, I said it jokingly when Dean Smith was here. How's about we play Kanza and House in midfield or uh, in, in in the centre, and we play Target left back to stem the bleeding? Like all's fair in love and war. Now that we've got a new manager, do I expect him to do it? I absolutely don't. But um, you know, it's it, like we. It's an option. It's an option. I try maybe more than putting Ashley Young in there myself, to be honest with you. But um, uh, as I say, Matty Target is going to be the one that's going to have the spotlight on him. 
he's going to have a big spotlight on him. Mm. And uh, it's 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 because of inconsistent performances, and that's just being and, and, that, and that's all it is, you know. And that's he was very consistent is, yeah. last year. I don't know whether he's missing the that's protection it. of his, of his of his mate pushing back people on that left hand side. It's it's just it's just been a bad season for him this season, and you know he'll be ruthless. He, he has yep. shown in the past that he he doesn't suffer fools in in and if the work rate isn't there, you'll be called out on it and you'll be bombed out of the team and that's that's plain and simple, um you know Bo, uh, Barisic and Tavernier, whereas two fullbacks at Rangers, mm. you can see similarities with 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 uh, Matty Cash but uh, probably not with with Matt Target. I don't think he has the pace that they have, uh, I don't think he has the aggression they have either, so. You know, I don't know whether that's just me calling out a guy who's having a bad season or that's genuinely how I feel about it. It's kind of a, a bit somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. And, and, and it is fair to say that, like, you know, the Matt Target of 2020 is is a completely different element to what we have in 2021 um, so far. And, uh, like, as I say, it's the inconsistency that, that that's the killer um, yeah. so far. This and, season. A, and, look, maybe, maybe know, a different voice, maybe. Yeah, you know, steals the I money. see similarities with um with Matt Target and uh, I forget his first name Warnock that played with us a few years Stephen ago. Warnock. Stephen Warnock. Um, Gosh, you know I, I remember meeting Stephen Warnock after playing. We played QPR on on a Tuesday night in a freezing cold December night, and meeting him after the game, and the man looked shook. And I can see similarities in in uh, in Matt Target the way he's playing at the moment. So I'm hoping that there's someone in there working with him and working on his confidence because we know there's a player in there, but it's just it's just getting that back out and 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 believing in himself. And that's easier said than done. When you've had a few knocks, that's easier said than done. It is, but I think two weeks was. It's better have two weeks to work on it than not have them. You know, and have two yeah. weeks to work on them. And bear in mind, he's he's had injuries too. Injuries, yeah, he yeah, is. Injuries have upset his preseason as well. So hopefully. You know, he, he's got a kind of a mini we've said that so many times about a mini preseason and these international breaks, but it hasn't come around through injuries and COVID and everything else that's yeah. been thrown at us. So, uh, all we can do is hope for the best. You know, I genuinely would love to see him. I, I really like Matty Target, I think he's a good guy. You can see he loves the club, he, he, he always gives 100%. But, uh, when you're lacking in confidence, you know, even the best of them suffer with, with the yips, as they say. So, we'll just have to wait and see. Paddy, who do you fear the most for Brighton at the weekend? For Brighton, um, he was mentioned there in the comments, the young lad, Lamptey. Lamptey, Lamptey that, yeah, uh, every time I've seen him play, uh, I know I, I know he's coming back from an injury, he's probably not a full tilt, so that, that might help us. But if uh, if he's playing, I, I, I worry about him going down my, my target side of the pitch, and that's why I mentioned and singled out him. There are others, obviously. Uh, our old friend Mopoy as well. He, he always seems to give us a bit of a run around. Um, Trossard having a really good season. Um, you know, there's there's plenty there. They're they're, they're a decent decent bunch. Um, you you could nearly put a dartboard on and and you know you're you're throwing a dart at a decent player. They're all honest to goodness footballers in that team, so uh, you know exactly what you're going to get as well. Um. 
I know I said it. I said it beforehand, and, and as people who follow me on Twitter, they they know that I've got a, a there's a pet name for him. But I genuinely am afraid of of Shane Duffy. Uh, etc. I left him for you to uh, say. You see, I know you did. You're very good. You're very good. But the Messi of the skies, um, he is uh, he's dangerous. Like he is, da- like he's not. Yeah. He's dangerous yeah. at, at set pieces. Is Shane Duffy, and um, you know the way we like to. We, we like to leave the back post um small have a soft be- underbelly at the back post I, I I don't I don't like um what I see there uh, with the likes of Shane Duffy barreling his way in there as well but uh you know he obviously he can be the weak link as well because if we press the living daylights out of him and um, he might he might uh, he might uh, snuff up a chance high up the field for us too mm. but I think that he is somebody obviously Basuma is somebody that we're going to need to keep the ball away from and what I mean by that keep it away from him in attack because he is a very 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 good defensive midfielder a lot of people call for him for Villa to sign him um, but uh, you know he has had some allegations we would call them um, I think recently uh, against him um, so, for, for one reason or another, and I, I don't know anything about it, just something I read on Twitter, and that's all I would say about it at the moment. But um, he is uh, he's somebody who's going to be in there, and he's a mighty good footballer when he's on song for sure. Um, but I, I, I do fear obviously, like we've got Mo Pay, he just loves to play against us, but uh, I fear for us at, at set pieces with the likes of Duncan Duffy, and, and if Dan Byrne is in there as well, you know, he's a big boy that gets in there, mm. and um. Yeah, they've they've got some good players they can bring off the bench like uh, Alexis McAllister, he's a fine player. Um, Moses Casado is it Moses Casado that they have? Yeah, he's another another young. I think he's the Ecuadorian guy. Um, I don't know if he's gone out on loan if he's even still there. I didn't I didn't look up. Yeah. He's a fine player too. But uh, Alexis McAllister is a is is a good option for them off the bench as well. And and um, Stephen Azate as well is another guy. So they've got people they can bring off the bench that may not be household names. They can really really work as well. Um, for them and and, and they've built a nice squad there. You know, it may not yeah. be as I say they may not have spent a lot of money. They may not have. Um, they're like a hipsters football team, I suppose, but it's paying off for them uh, in some of the players that they've bought too. Um, Paddy, we're here 50 minutes. This is about 20 minutes longer than uh, I was. I, 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 I'd envisage just talking about this game, but do you want to give a score prediction or will we wait and see what the team sheet tantrum is on, on Saturday? Will they wait to see what the team sheet is? Because yeah. Bloody, yeah, I think so. It's tough. We'll... Yeah, we'll wait and wait and see what what's going to be put out on on Saturday on both teams because we know we know they're struggling with a couple of knocks as well. So it, it it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, we we'll leave it till we we'll leave it till Saturday. I think. Yeah, I think so as well because uh, it'll be interesting to see what way we line up and um, it's really just like you don't even know what the ingredients are for the cake at the moment, so you don't know what type of cake is going to be made on Saturday. So uh, we can't uh, predict mm. uh, anything at the moment, but. Um, I think that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. It's uh, it's it's been a been a good conversation. We haven't been here in a while, and to to yeah. chat to you guys, but we will be back on Saturday with a, a team sheet tantrum, as I mentioned, um, and uh, that will be at we, ten to two. We didn't, even, we didn't even go into too much of the press conference as it starts. <laughs> no, we 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 didn't yeah. because I suppose that's kind of really been done to death, and everybody's read every word that he said. And to be honest with you, I thought I, I thought a lot of it was a bit milk toast in, in, in places. I much yeah. preferred his interview with, with Villa TV, um, but it was uh, it, it was it was an interesting one, um, yeah. interesting uh, piece. Can I can I just on. can I just quickly give you something that really impressed me about the press conference today, and it's probably Do. something that yeah. hasn't been mentioned. They said the press conference would start at eleven o'clock. 
it started at 11 o'clock. There was no bullshit. There was no messing. There was no Sky Sports reporter standing around waiting on someone to turn up. They were there. They were there at 11 o'clock. And I think that's a measure of a man who knows what he's doing, who knows what he wants, and no bullshit, straight in, 11 o'clock, on the dot. I, I, I was impressed by that. It, I might, might seem a trivial and little thing, but how many times have you waited on a press conference and went, oh, for God's sake, get on with it. I thought, I thought it was an excellent move and a statement of intent. That's, I don't know about you, but I'm taking that as a dig on me for starting this podcast. Not never starting the podcast <laughs> on time. I think that's a dig at me, and we'll discuss this one off air, Mister Kelly. We, we'll discuss. You're usually <laughs> waiting on me when the podcast starts, and I, I'm, I'm like tonight. I was playing football and I'm running around trying to get a shower and, and grab a sandwich before I get on here. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Yeah, as I say, when I get a if the, if if anybody wants to go and produce the podcast, we'll start on time. But until then, <laughs> I will leave everything until the last minute. That's just my way. Um, but anyway, thanks so much, everybody, for joining. As I say, it's real. It, it's 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 good to chat, and it's great that you guys have all the comments coming in. Sorry, we can't get to read all of them. We absolutely lo would love to do that, but um, they just rattle up through the screen there, some of them, and I lose track where the comments are. But thank you so much, everybody, for joining. Really, really appreciate it. Um, if you could just give if you could give the live stream a like before we finish up here as well. If you don't obviously already subscribe, we would love to get a subscription. We're nearly at 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. Nothing other than a vanity project for myself and Patty, and we will be really honest <laughs> at that one. Just 2,000 sounds better than 1,949 or whatever whatever it is that we have at the moment, not that I'm counting. Um, but it's, uh, it would just, I, I love round numbers and Christmas is coming. So it'd be a nice little <laughs> Christmas present for me. Um, but anyway, thanks so much, everybody. We are in the Stephen Gerrard era. Um, it starts on Saturday at 3 p.m. against Brighton. It's going to be a really, really interesting, uh, interesting weekend, uh, weekends build up. And we will be, we will be back at 10 minutes to two with the team sheet tantrum on Saturday. And until then, guys, everybody be safe, be sound. And until Saturday, all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. <laughs>